0: Thanks for downloading the RCF podcast. You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Felix Gilbert, in week nine of our current series, Impact. Holy Spirit, we thank you for you. Uh, Open our hearts to hear, to be in tune, to receive, uh, to understand what is being shared and said this morning. So we love you. We praise you, we worship, and we adore you, Lord, so thank you for who you are. Um, Let me speak clearly, Lord, and most importantly, let someone hear what's being said, that they would say, I want to know you like that. So we give our hearts to you. In your name we pray, and thank you. Amen. 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 Now, a couple of things before I go into the message. I have a lot of scriptures this morning, so I'm going to do something that's uncharacteristic, meaning that normally when I speak, uh, we'll stick with one passage of scripture and just kind of walk through it. So I'll be having you going all over the Bible with me um, just for a little while this morning because I need to share some things with you. And so I want to invite you just to walk with me to that. Before I forget... um, Sister Washington and family, we want to let you all know we're praying for you all. I think she lost her mom. So uh, make sure you put your arms around this beautiful family uh, to let them know that we're standing with you all. So our condolences, and we're lifting you guys up in prayer, okay? So know that. Amen. We're standing with you, whatever you need. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Do this real quick um, before I go into the message. Repeat after me. Um, Say, block the the punch by catching the thought... And submitting the thought to Christ. Okay, I'm going to say it one more time. Because that's all I want you to take out of here. That's all I want you to get today, okay? Um, nothing deep, profound, however it comes up, but I want you to get this. Block the thought. Say it again. No, block the punch. Thank you. See, I don't even know. Say, block the punch by catching the thought and submitting the thought to Christ. One more time. What did I say Thank you, yeah. <laughs> Block the punch <laughs> by catching the thought and submitting the thought to Christ. There, it's, a simple, it's a simple thing. This is the entirety of my message, okay? I kind of ended Wednesday night with this a little bit, and, and uh, it was so good to me. I don't know about none of y'all that, that, um, that the Lord would not release me from it. Anybody ever seen the, the movie Karate Kid? Y'all seen that? And, you know, he was like, when he went to Mr. Miyagi and said, hey, I want to learn to fight karate because he was getting beat up in school, you know, little scrawny kid. Y'all know that movie, right? And so he went to Mr. Miyagi and Mr. Miyagi, I think he had a bunch of cars. It's been a real old movie. And he told the kid to go outside and just wax all the cars, right? And in his frustration, he goes out there and he's just rubbing stuff like that. And then Mr. Miyagi said, no, 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 no. There's a method to it. And he goes to the guy and he tells him like this, wax on wax off. Y'all know it. Come on, do it with me. Wax on. Yeah. Wax off. And what was dude's name? The little skinny dude. I forgot his name. Daniel. Daniel. Okay. You watched that a whole lot, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so Daniel, man, he was just frustrated. But for days, for days, for days, Mr. Miyagi had him just out there in the backyard. Wax on. Wax off. And he's like, Mr. Miyagi, I came to learn karate. I came to learn karate, but you got me waxing his cars. Your son, Mr. Mr. Miyagi, listen to Mr. Miyagi. He just said, wax on and wax off. And then, you know, after Daniel kept on waxing on and waxing off one day, he went to school, and he encountered the bullies in school. And the bullies went to Daniel and said, we're going to jack you up. And they threw a punch at him, and Daniel went, wax on. And he was like... Whoa. And then they threw another punch, and he went like, pow, like, whoa. And he shocked himself. Are you with me? So what he was really doing was black, blocking the punch. Oh, y'all missed it. Yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah. He, he was blocking the, the punch. You, you kind of get the same? So, so what I want to do today is I want to show you that spiritual warfare is as simple as blocking the punch catching the thought, and submitting it to Christ in prayer, okay? But, 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 but hang on, you got to be really disciplined to wax on and wax off. You got to be very disciplined, wax on and wax off, because a lot of us have fooled ourselves into thinking that for me to engage in spiritual warfare, I got to be this deep, Such and such and such, such and such and such. Come on. And that I don't qualify to do it because I'm not this and I'm not that. I want to show you in Scripture, it's as simple as getting used to waxing the car every single day. And when the enemy comes, you're going to naturally go like that. Be like, dang. That's like so cool. Come on, Satan. Do it again. (laughs) You know, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. I had to practice that all week today um, because whether you realize it or not, we are in a war. Come on, let's be honest, guys. We are engaged in warfare, and if we don't position ourselves and equip ourselves... The enemy is going to win every single time. In case you don't believe me, um, you wonder why if you're in a marital relationship, which is the importance of this marriage ministry that's about to start, you find yourself at war with your spouse, or if you're on the job, you get upset with people on the job, or if you're driving down the street and somebody cuts you off, you kind of do wax on, but you forget to put all five fingers up and you only put one up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you kind of get the deal. You know what I mean? Come on but you're still waxing on, you know, but it's just how you do it. And 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 the enemy sits back and he laughs and he says, "I got you because we don't realize that we're engaged in warfare." And and so he sneaks in and he sucker punches us every time. And this thing will escalate so bad that he eventually defeats us. So I just want to share some simple principles. I'm going to move um, as as briefly as I can to kind of get stuff going. But I want us to get to to understand how to engage the enemy in warfare. Now, I put a couple of things on, on the screen. Go past the next one. Very, very important for prayer. The next slide. And I want to, I don't know if you can see that, but I want to read this definition for you. Here's a simple definition of spiritual warfare. It's the struggle against the forces of evil, which is a constant feature in the life of faith. Let me say it again. It's the struggle against the forces of evil, which is a constant feature in the life of faith. Now, if you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the enemy is going to try to fight you all day long. Come on, say amen. Amen. I mean, if you name the name of God and have left the world of sin to come into a relationship with God, I am guaranteeing you warfare is something that you're going to have to deal with, okay? Now, what the rest of that scripture, uh, graph says is that Scripture locates the origin of spiritual warfare in the rebellion of Satan and his angels against God and affirms the hope of God through final victory um, over such forces through Jesus Christ. What that is really saying is that if you check the scripture out, you're going to find that the enemy is trying to fight against the people of God, fight against the kingdom of God. But let me go to the end of my message. We've already won. <laughs> oh, come That should have been an amen right there. We've already won. Victory belongs to us. We've already won. So I want to walk you through some things to kind of to get us there. So go with me to Ephesians 6 in case you don't know this. And the reason I'm going there, um, you can write on the back of your bulletin, put these scriptures down. I want to show you something really, really quick um, to kind of help us get to where God would have us to go. So I'm going to move. I'm probably just going to read the scripture, share a little bit about it, and then uh, keep moving because I want you to get all the information that I'm going to share with you, Ephesians 6, and jump down to uh, verse 8. Okay? Yeah. Well, jump to verse 10. Let me, yeah, jump down to verse 10, Ephesians 8, and then we're going to read from there that the Holy Spirit would have His way. Um, Ephesians 6 and 10. Uh, I'll pick there and kind of move on really, really quick, so we can say amen if you're there real quick. Now, if you are not there, I want you all to listen. Finally, it says... Um, from the NIV, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Listen to verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That word is the word methods in the, in the Greek. Uh, methodias is the Greek word, which means that the enemy is going to come to you in many, many different shapes or many, many different forms. So put on the full armor so you can take your stand against the devil's stream. Now verse 12, it says our struggle is not against what? But against what? Rulers against what? Authorities against what? The powers of this dark world and against the what? Spiritual forces of evil. Where? In the heavenly realms. I'm going to come back to that real quick. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand. Then you can read verse 14 on the rest. Now, I am willing and comfortable to say to you this morning that the majority of us, when the day of evil comes, we don't stand our ground. We go do something. Let's be honest about it, Okay. When my wife gets on my reserve nerve, um, and she never does that, let me clean that up. because um, <laughs> yeah, I gotta go home. Yeah. Um, but let's say hypothetically she does, okay? Um, <laughs> this is not a real situation. Y'all love you, girl. Um, <laughs> but but, but, but if, if, if she gets on your nerves, here's what happens. The first thing I do, as opposed to standing my ground, I engage her. Who are you talking to? I ain't no punk. I'm a man. I run this house. I never say that. You know what I mean? But you kind of get the feel. You get what I'm saying? We react. And what I don't realize and what I forget is that the battle is not between her and I. It is something that is happening above us. Come on. Where the enemy is trying to engage her and I to put us at war with each other. We must not miss, now, now I'm going to connect this to the church in a little while because we missed this. In your personal life, if you name the name of God, the, 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 the battle and the warfare that we find ourselves in, if it manifests ourselves in the earth realm, that means that the enemy has already gotten through to us. Let me, let me get even more simple. If the things in church frustrate you, it's because the enemy has gotten to you. Let me just go there. Let just go there. Yeah, let's just go there. If, if, Annette, if I find myself talking about you, it's because the enemy has already gotten to me. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Excuse the grammar. Let's be honest about this. Ephesians 6, the wrestle is not against flesh and blood. Let's be open there. It's not against flesh and blood. So it's not between me, and it's not between you. It's not between you and the person you face. It's not even about the person who cut you off on the road that you waved to with all one finger. It's not about that. If, if you react to that, the enemy has already got you. I want you all to hear me. Come on, say amen this morning. So, see, because it's a spiritual warfare, and Ephesians 6, the wrestle says, the wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but here's what it says. When the day of evil comes, and it will, when temptation comes, when the storm comes, when the trial comes, we ought to be able to stand and say, ah, you slick joker, you try to get me. Bam. But we forget how we have been trained. And he gets through everything every single time. I need you all to lock into First, get, we're engaged in spiritual warfare. And the warfare should never be fought on the ground. Yeah. It should never be fought on the ground. It should never be fought on the ground. It should never be fought on the ground. You guys are with me? Come on, go to the next slide real quick. Let's keep moving. I want to walk through this thing. So now here's the thing. Even though we are engaged in warfare, this is very, very important. The enemy does not have free reign um, to access you. Oh. Come on, church. Come on, church. We, we, we're, too, we're too whatever. The enemy can't just come to you because he feels like it. He doesn't have that kind of access, okay? Um, Go to Job. Let's go here real quick. Go to Job chapter 6, and I'm going to quote Luke because you won't have time to go through. I told you we got a couple of scriptures I want to go through, but I need to show you a couple of things, okay? Um, What did I say? Job chapter, no, Job 1. Thank you. I don't know what church you attended talking about Job 6. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's go to it real quick. Okay, Job 1, I want to show you this real quick. I want to show you this real quick. I want to show you all real quick, and then we're going to move. Okay, so bear with me. Let me read. Look at Job 6 verse, uh, Job 1, I'm saying 6 myself. Yeah, Job 1 verse 6. Same thing if you're there. So listen to this. Listen, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and from going back and forth to it. Then verse 8, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none on earth like him. He is blameless. Don't miss that word. Come on, say blameless. He's upright. Say upright. Say upright. And look at the next phrase, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Look at verse 9. Does Job fear God for for nothing? Satan replied, verse 10. And look at verse 10. Have you not put a what? Hedge around him and his household and everything he has. Now, let me just paraphrase real quick. Here's what's happening in Job chapter 6. Job shows up, uh, I mean, the enemy shows up at God's business meeting where God is having an accountability check. And then he says to God, God says to him, who invited you? Okay, because you can't just show up wherever you want. Okay, and here's his response. Well, I've got the earth on lock. Hip-hop terms, yeah. And, and, and what that means is I've got everybody in the earth doing what I want them to do. If I tell them jump, they jump. If I tell them cuss the person out, they cuss them out. If I, y'all, Are you tracking with me? I've got the earth on lock, God, and then God says to him, no, you don't. You're missing one. Have you considered Job? Well, I'd have him on lock too if you didn't have him locked in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what's the criteria for being locked in? He is blameless, he fears God, and he shuns evil. And if those prerequisites are met, God has a hedge around him, and there is no way on God's earth that the enemy can access him without going to God for permission. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. So lock into this, people. If you name the name of God and you get in the habit of waxing on and waxing off, the enemy can't access you. But if you don't know how to block the punch and catch the thought and submit it to Christ in prayer, he'll get access to you every time. So here's how he gets to us. When we take the hedge down. Are you with me? So if he's on you, either God took it down to let him in, or you took it down, or I took it down myself. Let's be honest with ourselves. Because if we name the name of God, Scripture teaches us that the enemy cannot get in. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. Come on, say amen. If you name the name of God, he's got you hedged in, and so Satan does not have free access to you. The other passage there in Luke, what it's saying about is that Jesus uh, went to Peter before the temptation, and listen to this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked me to sift you at wheat, but he says, but I prayed for you. Anybody know that the Spirit is making intercession for us, praying for us? Come on, does anybody know that? Okay? So repeat that to me. Say that Satan cannot access me unless I give him permission. Very, very important. Very, very important concept. Okay? We're engaged in spiritual warfare. To me, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the time when I went on a mission trip to Peru, and here I am in the depths of Peru, and I lost my passport. But I didn't lose it. Somebody stole my passport. Talk about feeling exposed and vulnerable. Okay? I had no protection from nothing as long as remained, I remained out in the depths of Peru. So here's the first thing they teach you when you are on mission strip. If you lose your passport and you are an American citizen, get your behind to the nearest American embassy. Are you with me? Now, here's the beautiful thing about that. So I lost my password. They're driving me to the American embassy. And if you've ever been to a third world country, you'll notice there's always a mile-long line of foreigners trying to get access to the embassy so they can come to the United States. Y'all have been on Mission Strip, okay? Here I am walking by every person. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. And they're looking at me like, who is this? And I'm like, I'm an American. I have access. Are you with me? So, so. So I don't stay out here to be tempted by the enemy. I am going to my place of safety. So here's the thing, people even though you let the guard down and you've lost your passport out in the world as a child of God, you can get back to the embassy because God is waiting for you to come in. Going, I wish I had somebody in here. You can get back to the place of safety and the place of security so the enemy can't access you no more. Just come to the embassy. Come on. Come to the embassy this morning and let God protect you. Satan cannot have free reign unless you let him in, and even though you let him in, you have a right to go back to the embassy. Does this make sense, guys? Okay? Let me keep going. Next one real quick. I want to move fast. Go to the next slide. Okay? Here's the thing. Okay, watch this. The objective of this warfare is to prevent God's will from being realized in the earth. Okay? The reason... For the warfare is, and I I dealt with this Wednesday, I don't have time to do it this morning, Satan is trying to stop what God wants done in the earth. God created you for more. He created you for destiny. He created you for greatness. And the, the, the job of the enemy is to try to stop us from getting to that place where we do what God wants done. Are you with me? Um, let me pick one of those real quick. Um, go to 1 Peter 5. We don't have time to deal with both. Go to 1 Peter 5 and, and I want to show you this. 1 Peter chapter 5 and let's verse 8. Yeah, and these are scriptures that you all know. I just want to point them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good one. Good. Okay, you guys are there? Okay, listen to what 1 Peter 5 and 8 says. It says, be self-controlled. If you have a King James, it says, be sober or alert or vigilant. Watch why. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for what? Someone to devour. This is why he can go to God and say, I've got the earth on lock because I'm devouring them all. Right? Now, watch the next verse. Watch the next verse. Verse 9. Resist him. And look at Paul's word again. How? Standing firm. Okay, this is Ephesians verbiage. When you've done all the stand, stand. Stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the whole world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Okay, look at verse 10. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. And watch this phrase. After you have suffered a little, I hate that, and I know you do, too, because it's in the suffering that we stop fighting. And Scripture says, after you have suffered a while, okay, um, it says, he himself will restore you and make you strong Firm and what? Let me go back to my karate kid example. The reason Daniel went to Mr. Miyagi to get karate lessons is because he was tired of suffering. So watch this. He went to learn how to fight. He didn't leave the country and say, I'm not going to fight no more. He went and learned how to fight after he had suffered a while. And then, because of his perseverance, he got real good at fighting. Remember Remember that one move? I got issues, huh? Y'all pray for me. (laughs) I mean, he had gotten so strong... Because he had learned how to fight, the enemy couldn't defeat him no more. Now, this is a very, very important principle. Let me give you a real-life application. My wife and I have been married 32 years, or 33 years. Lord Jesus, yeah, I got it right now. It took 16 years of learning how to fight before we got strong. The first 16 years was nothing but a hot mess. Y'all not hear me when I said mess, okay? We had no idea of spiritual warfare, no idea of what the enemy was doing, no idea of how the enemy was trying to mess our relationship up. So we were at, at odds with each other, contemplating divorce. It was just sick, crazy, stupid, so on and so forth. But in that, in the suffering, we learned how to fight. Are you hearing me? Now, the enemy can come, but we're sensitive enough to say to each other, hey, somebody isn't blocking the bunch. And he's getting through. People, stop giving up so quick in the fight. Some suffering has to happen because the more you fight, the stronger you become. Does this make sense? Are you with me? Because the enemy is going to come after you. Because here's the deal. If you don't learn how to fight in this relationship, he's going to come after you in the next one. And then if you don't know how to fight there, he's going to come after you in the next one. It's the same thing with your business ventures. Whatever you're trying to do in life, he's going to try to stop you. And if all we do is quit and run, we're going to become quitters and runners, and we never learn how to fight. His goal is to stop you. Now we must learn how to stand firm and how to fight. Are you with me? Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, Neighbor, you better learn how to fight. Yes. Yeah, come on, say it. Say, you better learn how to fight. Yes. Very, very important. Go to the next one real quick. I'm almost there. Let me show you number three, okay? Look at number three. So watch this. Be cognizant of the fact, I'm not going to go there, that when you start fighting, if it's through prayer, he is going to intercept your prayer if it aligns with the will of God. This is the depth of spiritual warfare okay when you start crying out to god for help i don't need to go to daniel cuz we did that last week satan will release his imps his demons to intercept your prayer cuz he don't want god's way to be done in your life does that make sense guys real simple the next point is where i want to hang my hat for a little while go to number 4 real quick okay look at number 4 now watch this don't be guilty of allowing your own prayers To be intercepted by you. That's a long way of saying a crazy thing. I could have said it more succinctly by saying to you this way. Don't be guilty of intercepting your own prayers. Okay. There's two things right there. I'm going to quote one and then I'm going to go to the next one in the interest of time. Number one, unforgiveness will intercept your prayers. Now, unforgiveness is a lot deeper than just the surface, I'm not going to forgive you, okay? If I find myself talking about Pastor Derek, deep, deep, deep beneath the scenes, there's something in me that I'm harboring about Pastor Derek that causes me to talk about him, and the root of that is unforgiveness, So, if I try to go to God, Lord, bless me, Lord, do this in my life, Lord, whatever, 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 but he's the subject of my conversation because I have issues with him, I am intercepting my own prayers. Matthew 6, forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. So God, forgive me based on how I forgive, okay? Here's what verses 14 through 15 says. If we forgive men their trespasses, our heavenly Father will also forgive us. If we do not forgive men their trespasses, our heavenly Father will not forgive us. So here's what I said in Jeremiah chapter 17 last week. Check your heart. Don't fool yourself into saying, I don't mean no harm by talking about him, but it's just the truth unforgiveness is at the root and you are blocking your own prayer intercepting your own prayer okay and God is not going to violate his own principles because you are (laughs) tither or because you pray three times a day it's just hitting the ceiling it's just hitting the ceiling Because he said, it's not going to get through because of you. So I need to be careful of not blocking my own prayer. And we all need to be careful about not blocking our own prayer. So here's how this should come out, okay, in our conversations. If Pastor Robert comes and he's going to tell me something about Pastor Karen, I just need to look at him and say, hey, dude, you're blocking your prayer, man. Be careful. (laughs) Right? And kill it. Let me show you this one real quick because I like I like Peter real quick. Go to First Peter chapter three. I'm almost there. I want y'all to see this one. I like this one. First Peter chapter three. Did I say 1 Peter? Yes. First Peter three. Yeah. 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 Um, I wanna I wanna begin. I wanna begin in verse one though, because I want to help the brothers out just for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First Peter chapter three, um, verse one. My wife's laughing. What you laughing for, girl? Let me preach it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. She's like, help yourself, preacher. Help yourself. Okay. (laughs) Listen to this one real quick. You guys are there? Verse 1. Men, listen, really, really careful. Um, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of you do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Love that. And it says, When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as braided hair and the wearing of gold, jewelry, and fine clothes. Verse 4, Instead, it should be that of the inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Verse 5, For this is how are the way the holy women of past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. Fellas, if she ain't calling you master, she's blocking her prayers. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. 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 I said to my wife this morning on the way to church, I said, Who's your daddy? Yeah. (laughs) And she said the right thing, you are my master, you are. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and she's like, now you can wake up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, you know, but, but the, the, the point there, let me go to the next one, then I'll show you the next thing. Keep going, um, go down to verse seven, look at verse seven. Husbands, it says, in the same way, Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life, watch this, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. That's deep. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Now, let me put the two together. If your home isn't right, as a family, you're intercepting your own prayers, Are you? Okay. If, if the home front isn't right, you're intercepting, we're intercepting our own prayers. So my relationship with my wife ought to be such that I love her. I knew I was going to have to preach this this morning, so I told her, let's ride together, girl. And all the way to church, we stopped at Starbucks. And she like, you okay? You, you, you all right? I'm like, I got to teach this. So I got to practice it. You know <laughs> but, but the point is, the home front, OK? Because the home is a reflection of the relationship between us and God. I cannot say I love God, whom I have not seen, yet hate my brother or sister who I see on a daily basis. If I'm saying that, my love for God is not where it needs to be, and it's an interception of prayer, and watch the warfare, the more the enemy can keep us at odds with each other, we are impacting our own lives. Come on, does this make sense, guys? Let me keep going, let me keep going. Go to the next one real quick. Uh, This is the last one real quick. So here's here's how we're going to land with this, okay? So I want to talk about how to fight. Um, while remaining constant in prayer. Now, let me explain that phrase, "remaining constant in prayer." Um, I am so jealous of the Muslims, uh, particularly those serious Muslims. And let me tell you why I am jealous of them. Um, here's the: if you encounter a serious Muslim, they have this little backpack or bag that they carry around, and inside of the thing is this little prayer mat. And three times a day, regardless of where they are, they're going to stop. They're going to go find them a little room and roll out that mat, and they're going to spend time in prayer. Are you with me? Three times a day. doesn't matter what they're doing. If they're in the middle of a fight with their family, hey, stop. I got to go prayer. And then they go do their thing. As believers in Christ, we don't do that, okay? And so I want to talk about how briefly, and I'm done, how to pray consistently such that you never stop praying, Okay, and, 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 and um, um, one of our members sent me this little thing on Facebook that has just revolutionized my prayer life, and, and the quote was something like this, one short prayer every hour of the day is a lot more valuable than one long prayer one hour a day. And I'm paraphrasing. Are you with me? So I want to talk about how to, to do this real quick. So here's the first thing I want to say um, And I won't read this because I'm going to read the last one. Romans chapter 8. In the fight, you need to know you're already fighting from a position of victory. Okay, let me say that in English. We've already won. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. Okay. Here's what Romans says. It says, um, what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall Y'all know the scripture. Darkness, tribulation, trials, all this stuff. Then it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, through him that loved us. And it goes on to am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come shall ever be able to separate me from the love of Christ which are in Christ Jesus. So here's the thing. You're going to war already won. Already winning the fight. Okay? But the enemy will fool you into thinking that you are losing or that you have already lost so you can give up. Come on, say I've already won. Say it again. Say I've already won. Already. One more time. Say I've already won. Already. So let me tell you how to fight really, really quick. Go to First Corinthians. I mean Second Corinthians chapter ten, and then let's hang out here real quick, and then we're going to stop. And then I want God to to just move and have His way really quick. Second Corinthians chapter ten, and I want to give you some tools and resources, and we're going to allow God to be God in our midst. Look at verse three of Second Corinthians chapter ten. And I want everybody to get there to read this, at least have it highlighted in your Bible. Okay. And, and I don't want to sound blasphemous. I don't want to make light of anything, but I want us to understand how simple this prescription here is that's in Scripture. Say amen if you're there. Amen. Then I'm going to stop. Look at this, verse three. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Okay? Verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. That word divine power or divine in in the Greek is the word theos, which means gods. And the word power is from the Greek word dunamis, which means the weapons we fight with have God's ability. Okay? So it's not you fighting, it's God fighting for you. Through you, okay? So watch this, and and, and we're going to talk about this more on Wednesday. The weapons we fight with, verse 4, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Say strongholds. Look at verse 5. We demolish arguments. Come on, say arguments. Look at the next phrase. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, okay? Now look at verse 10. This is the key. We take every thought Captive, and we make it a oh what obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Look at verse 5 again. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Okay? Now, here, here's what I said to you when we started the message. Okay, block the punch by catching the thought and submitting it to Christ. If you get that, I'm trying to say God will deliver you from whatever it is that you have going on right now and it won't take an exorcist, it won't take all the stuff that we go through in church, it's really that simple at the thought. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. Th- this thing means a lot to me. Here's what the scripture says. We take, this is how we fight, okay? It didn't even say that we go into deep spiritual prayer. It didn't say that we get oil. It didn't say that we get candle. He said the beginning of the fight is wax on, wax off. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. I can't show you how to kick if you don't know how to wax on and wax off. I can't show you how to flip a person if you don't know how to wax on and how to So I can't show you how to be set free if you don't know to stop the process at the thought. Does this make sense? Before I go off on you, I think about it. Oh, don't add, Come on, y'all. Let's be practical here. Before I engage my spouse in argument, she confronts me and I process it. Then I make a cognizant decision to react. When that car cuts me off, here's a, oh, they don't start up now. I process the thought and what the scripture is saying. Before you process it, hey, wax on. You block the punch. By catching the thought and submitting it to Christ. Because all it is, it's a punch that's trying to get through to cause us to fall. So I catch the thought and watch my prayer. Hey, God, what you want me to do with this? I'm going to get to you, so you tell me what to do with it. And I'm guaranteeing you, he's not going to tell you to do what you want to do. Now, here's why I'm saying it's 24-7 prayer, because your mind is always running. You're watching television, and something sensual comes across the screen, and you like, catch the thought. Hey, God, what do you want me to do with this? Change the channel, dummy. Okay. And you move on. Let's say you have a marijuana problem and you pass by the Euphoria store. (laughs) And you see the store and you just naturally turn. Before you do this, catch the thought Hey, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm guaranteeing you, He's not going to say, Buy one for me. (laughs) You guys, you're tracking with me? Man, I'm telling you, this isn't deep stuff. But it is so simple. The moment, Derek, if I think about talking about you, I catch the thought. Before I think about it, I give it to Christ. Hey, God, what do you want me to do? And sometimes here's what you're going to do. I don't feel like catching no thought right now. They need some of this. (laughs) Excuse the grammar. Go for you a walk. And then if you got to look retarded while you're walking, Do whatever you gotta do. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Come on, come on, guys. (laughs) To catch the thought and submit it to Christ. When you go to work Monday, there'll be a whole lot of folk at their jobs. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But I'm being simple and I'm being honest with you. Stop the war before it begins. Stop the war. Before it begins. Here is what the scripture says. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have the power of God or the ability of God to demolish strongholds. I had a friend of mine, a great mentor of mine that struggled with cigarettes. This man's been smoking for 60-something years. Quit. Elder Barnes, y'all know him. Elder Barnes, how'd you Stop. One day at a time. Every morning, I got to catch the thought. Every hour, I have to catch the thought. Every second, I need to catch the thought and submit it to Christ. Are you with me? And here's the mistake we make. One long prayer in the morning. Lord, I didn't spend $20 on them nicotine this week. Well, heck, today. And Lord, if you want me to tithe, take the cigarette away. And we go all day long on that one prayer. Thoughts come in, and we don't know to catch it. And over time, they get in, and then here is us the next day. Well, Lord, I guess yesterday wasn't so good. Why don't we try this again today? So, Lord, give me some strength, all right? Because I've been doing this for 50 years, Lord. That's a whole lot of tithe money. And you're going to do it again. At the thought. Say, at the thought. At the thought is the beginning of us winning the victory forever. That keeps the hedge around you 24 7 so the enemy can never get in. Spiritual warfare really is simple. Catch the thought. And the fight never begins. Here's Danielson. <sighs> Dang. And then when people come, he's like, hey, hey, just blocking it. And he has no reason to fight. Listen to this, because he's always in defensive mode. Because nothing ever gets in. Learn to live your Christian journey in defensive mode. Nothing will ever get in, and you'll win the victory every single time. Bow your heads with me. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope that you can find a way to impact the community around you through this church or a local church around you. We also encourage you to find a church to get connected to, whether that's here at RCF or somewhere close to you. If you want to find out more about RCF, visit rcfministries.org or watch us live on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on the RCF network. Thanks for listening.